What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says Michigan is poised to be in the forefront when it comes to electric vehicle investments. The former Michigan governor says the state has the lead when it comes to new automotive technology with change coming faster than most people realize. Sometimes you don't know that you are in the middle of history when you're in the middle of it. And right now we are in the middle of this history making change. And Michigan is the tip of the spear. Grindelm tells a free press breakfast in Detroit, $23 trillion is being invested in clean energy this decade alone. She says governments and businesses need to work together to win that investment. A meeting will be held next week for Lake and Lincoln Township officials to learn about how they could strengthen their fire services. Lincoln Township Supervisor Dick Stauffer tells us Lake Township approached Lincoln Township about the idea. They're going to hear from accounting firm Plant Moran. We're trying to figure out how we can still maintain our fire department uh, staffing in this day and age of uncalled volunteers. What we're looking for is to make sure that we can continue with that. And Plant Moran will give us a study to determine how we can continue to serve our residents. Could the two township fire departments consolidate? Well, that's a good question. And we'll look forward to what Plant Moran comes up with for that. Stoffer says with all the training that firefighters go through these days, it can be difficult for an on-call fire department to respond to fires in the daytime or at night. Following next week's meeting, the two township boards will decide whether to hire Plant Moran for a deeper study. The meeting will be next Thursday at the Lake Township Hall starting at 7 p.m. The public is welcome to come and ask questions. Those planning to enjoy the Calhaven State Park Trail this summer may have to take a detour. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources has announced that 15 miles of the trail between South Haven and Bloomingdale will be closed for a resurfacing project through early 2024. Friends of the Calhaven Trail Chair Jeff Green tells us the work is needed, but the timing was a surprise. We were originally told the project was going to begin last January, and then it was pushed back to next fall, to this coming fall. And now all of a sudden we find out it's July 10th. So, I don't know, DNR needs to get their together. And you can quote me on that. The historic covered bridge over the Black River will be torn down. It's become an icon and a landmark for South Haven, Southwest Michigan, and especially the Calhaven Trail. And that bridge just appeared on the Pure Michigan um, Summer Vacation Magazine. So to lose that icon is going to be incredibly painful for the entire region. The eastern portion of the trail from Bloomingdale to Kalamazoo will remain open during that work. An open house is set for next week for everyone to learn more about Indiana-Michigan Power's new Buffalo-Bridgman transmission line rebuild project. I&M spokesperson Sinead Doyle tells us the utility is rebuilding 21 miles of electrical line from New Buffalo to Bridgman. So we'll be taking out those wooden poles and we will replace them with modern steel poles. And the upgrades will strengthen the lines in this area, especially when it comes to severe weather. It's going to reduce the frequent need for maintenance and it'll overall enhance the delivery of reliable and safe power to homes and businesses in this area. The work will also extend to Three Oaks. Doyle says everyone's invited to learn more and ask questions at next week's open house. We really want to hear from customers that live in this area about the project. We want their opinions. We want them to come in and tell us what they want, anything like that. 
The meeting will be next Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Waco Beach House in Bridgman. Doyle says you can stop by at any time to speak with an INM representative. The project will be a $51 million investment for INM as it replaces infrastructure that dates back to the 1960s. The work will start next year and continue through 2026. Lake Michigan College is seeking nominations for its 2023 Alumni Awards. Director of Alumni Engagement Barbara Craig tells us the Lake Michigan College Alumni Association Board of Directors has been giving out the awards since the late 80s to graduates who have distinguished themselves. There are three awards. There is an award for recent graduates, so that's the LMC Alumni Achievement Award because it's fun to see what has happened in a short span of time for some of our students. The second one is the Clarence Beckwith Distinguished Alumni Award named after our first president. And that really is kind of like a lifetime achievement award for people who've done amazing things in their life or have been of amazing service to the college. Craig says the third award is the Alumni Service Award, which has been renamed the Dr. Gladys Peoples-Burks Alumni Service Award in honor of the longtime college advocate who died in February at the age of 94. The award is for those who have served the community or LMC. Nominations can be made online or by calling Craig. We'll have the information at our website. The award recipients will be announced in the fall with a reception in November. The Berrien Community Foundation has announced $368,000 in scholarships this year. It awarded the scholarships at its annual scholarship celebration June 15th at the Grand Upton Hall at Lake Michigan College. This year's theme, Building Blocks of Life, celebrated the next step in many students' lives, which is going off to college. Two new scholarship programs were added this year, the Stephen Marsh and Family Scholarship and the James and Bernadette McKittrick Agriculture and Environmental Scholarship. The Berrien Community Foundation says it received more than 1,000 scholarship applications this year. It awarded more than 50. The foundation awards scholarships to um, high school seniors, adults returning to the classroom, and current college students. So far, more than $3.8 million has been awarded in scholarships since the program began. And Corwell Health has teamed up with the Krasil Art Center for a pop-up art and wellness project. Corwell Community Program Supervisor Ashley Offord tells us the effort came out of the last two community health needs assessments, which found the public should learn more about mental wellness that led to the creation of a traveling exhibit that focused on the nervous system. So this traveling exhibit that we created, the artists from Krasl went through this curriculum and this training and had a really deep understanding of what community resiliency looked like. And then this traveling exhibit were these huge panels where the different skills were illustrated and it was very interactive. The exhibit visited locations including the YMCA of Greater Michiana, Benton Harbor Public Library, the Maud Preston Polensky Memorial Library in St. Joseph, and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan. The next phase of the effort led to permanent installations created by local artists at those locations. You can see them now. Ossard says that people can learn about healing and wellness from information in the exhibits. The program was made possible by a $55,000 grant from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dowajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken today was in China for a 35-minute meeting with President Xi Jinping. The meeting represented the highest-level meeting on Chinese soil between the two countries in the last two and a half years. 
ABC's senior Pentagon reporter Luis Martinez reminds us the two countries have a complicated relationship for a while now, but this meeting was a step in the right direction. That needed to happen. They both talked about the need for stability between these two countries. They pointed the pattern of instability that we've seen over the last couple of months, if not years, with those provocations at sea, the Chinese spy balloon that flew across the United States. But the one thing that really the United States wanted was the restoration of full military-to-military contacts, those engagements, so that they could prevent any type of miscalculation in an event like the spy balloon, in an event like that Chinese fighter jet that flew across an American reconnaissance aircraft. Meanwhile, China's main diplomat for the Western Hemisphere says Secretary of State Blinken's visit to China, quote, marks a new beginning as their nations seek to repair damaged relations. Blinken met today with the Chinese president and said they agreed to stabilize deteriorated ties. But Blinken left Beijing with his biggest ask rebuffed. He said China is not ready to resume military-to-military contacts, something the U.S. considers crucial. A Chinese diplomat blamed the issue squarely on U.S. sanctions, which Blinken said revolve entirely around threats to American security. Yet Blinken and the Chinese president pronounced themselves satisfied with progress made during the two days of talks without pointing to specific areas of agreement. A search is underway for a small research submersible missing near the wreck of the Titanic. Five people initially were reported on board. The Coast Guard says the vehicle lost contact about an hour and 45 minutes after going underwater Sunday morning and was reported overdue that afternoon. The capsule was advertised to have 96 hours of oxygen. ABC's Sam Sweeney says several things could have happened. If the vehicle is not just sitting on the ocean floor uh, because it's disabled and and it lost contact, that's one scenario. But if it's taking on water, if, say, there's a hole in the side of the vessel and it's taking on water, well, then you have a much different catastrophic scenario there. And obviously a rescue there would be impossible. But we simply don't know what happened, what caused this uh, loss of, uh, of control or power or why they're not able to communicate with that ship. Americans across the country are observing the relatively new Juneteenth federal holiday with festivals, parades, cookouts, and other gatherings. On a long holiday weekend, seen by many as a reason for a party, others are urging quiet reflection about the end of slavery and the treatment of black Americans throughout U.S. history. Although end-of-slavery celebrations are new in many areas, in Memphis, where the slave trade once thrived, the Juneteenth holiday has been celebrated since long before it became a designated federal holiday in 2021. This year, Tennessee lawmakers approved it as a state holiday as well. Schools and federal buildings were closed today to observe the holiday. President Biden headed to the West Coast today for an event focused on climate change, followed by two campaign fundraisers, more from ABC's M. Wynn. The president travels to Santa Clara, California, to deliver remarks on how his administration has tackled the climate crisis. The White House says this includes creating good-paying clean energy jobs and implementing policies that can protect the environment for future generations. The president will then wrap his day with two campaign fundraisers. It comes after Biden held his first campaign rally this weekend since he announced his re-election bid in April. He began his 2024 campaign the same way he did in 2020, in front of an audience of Philadelphia laborers. Emwin, ABC News, the White House. An American missionary who spent six years in captivity in Africa says he was beaten, locked in chains, and pressured to convert to Islam. Jeff Woodkey told the Associated Press his experience was hell, and the last year he was asking his captors to kill him before he was released in March. The 62-year-old California resident and his wife say they believe FBI officials withheld information about negotiations with the captors. Their statements are a rare public airing of the delicate and tense interactions that often preceded detainees' release. The FBI says it worked tirelessly to bring Woodkey home and is happy that he's reunited with his family. 
A black bear killed an Arizona man in an unprovoked attack outside of his home. Authorities say the man was sitting down outdoors Friday enjoying a morning cup of coffee when the bear attacked and mauled him. Or if maybe he's Matt Gudman who tells us the U.S. has been recently seeing more unusual bear activity. While fatal attacks such as this are rare, experts say that the population of black bears in the U.S. is on the rise. In recent weeks, there have been close encounters everywhere from the ocean in Florida to the bear hanging out in a tree in D.C. and one roaming around a Tampa airport. Black bears are much smaller than brown bears, and while a fully grown brown bear can weigh up to 1,000 pounds, male Arizona black bears weigh about 350. Experts caution that if you encounter a black bear, make yourself look as large as possible. Mass shootings and violence killed and wounded people across the U.S. over the weekend, including 60 in the Chicago area alone. The shootings happened in cities and rural areas alike. Bullets flew in Idaho and Washington State, as well as Chicago, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles County. A state trooper was ambushed in central Pennsylvania. The shootings follow a surge in murders and other violence during the coronavirus pandemic. Experts disagree over the causes. It could be due to the prevalence of guns in America. Professor Daniel Nagin with Carnegie Mellon University says disputes once resolved with fists now play out with firearms. And it was January 13th when British actor Julian Sands disappeared in the mountains of California while out on a hike. New efforts are underway to try to find him with the snow and ice melting. More if maybe he's Alex Stone. After eight searches specifically for Julian Sands and many more searches that happen to be in the area, there is no sign of the actor. The latest effort coming over the weekend, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department saying 80 search and rescue volunteers and deputies were inserted into remote areas around rugged Mount Baldy looking for Sands. Despite warmer temperatures, there is still 10 feet of snow and ice in some areas. Julian Sands was not found over the weekend. It's believed he disappeared while he was out on a hike. Alex Stone, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.